Welcome to the third edition of the Dynasty Command Center podcast, home of the biggest edge in Dynasty fantasy football. If you're new to the Dynasty Command Center family of awesome things, you should definitely check out DynastyCommandCenter.com. There you'll find information on our premium Slack, our fantasy football roster analytics, the Rookie Guide series, uh, one of which just dropped here recently, and we've talked about on a couple podcasts already. Some fun stuff on best ball leagues and much, much more. In fact, uh, we uh, decided that we didn't have enough going on, so we added yet another content avenue to the brand here recently, which is this podcast, the Dynasty Command Center podcast that you're listening to right now. And like we said on the first two episodes, we are going to rotate through our fantastic team of contributors on this podcast so you can get to know everyone who provides all our awesome content a little bit better. And this week we uh, have our very own excellent DCC contributor and Brian Malone here with us. You can find him on Twitter at Brian Malone FF. He actually joined me uh, back in the day on the uh, Dynasty Life podcast. If you listen to him there, and it's uh, good to see you again, Brian. Uh, how's the Dynasty offseason treating you so far? Uh, pretty good. It's mostly recuperation, but I'm also commissioner of most of my leagues so there's been a lot of legwork there getting the dispersal started and uh all that fun stuff oh man you were you were doing good work you were doing god god's work with the commissioning because that is that is tough stuff when it comes to off, off season if, if you're juggling more than one league as a commissioner just figuring out who's coming back who's paid for what like where where in the world i i only uh, commission actually one dynasty league now and so I'm so happy to say that I do a couple of redraft leagues because all my friends know I'm, I'm the, the nerdy writer of the group, so they make me do it. But uh, I don't know how, how you do it, so uh, thank you. Somebody has to, so I, I appreciate it. But uh, besides that, have you been uh, digging into uh, some playoff stuff right now, or are you already looking forward to rookies? Like, wh- What are you excited about right now? Uh, my big project right now, so I've tweeted out some um, age production tables where I have basically anyone who's in the league, and I try to compare them to cohorts of all the way back to guys drafted since 1985. Um, wow. And just see, like, you know, if somebody's been, you know, back-to-back wide receiver one seasons at age 25 and 26, you know, what do what the next three years look like for people like that? And so it's kind of a fun project. I'm done through all the running backs, and I'm starting to dig into the wide receivers now. Oh, that that sounds like a lot of fun. So is that is that kind of like your your niche? Is that what you like to do as far as a uh, an analyst? I know. I mean, you know, as something we've done here is just to you know kind of allow you to take a minute and describe you know what, how you got into dynasty and and then also just kind of what you enjoy most doing as far as uh, an analyst for DCC and just you know your own entertainment. Yeah. So I got into dynasty in 2010. Um, just picked it up, I think, in the football guys forums and jumped over to DLF pretty quickly. And I'm so I am not a prospect guy, that's for sure. I'm, you know, you know, I lean towards the analytics side, but I'm not as adept at that kind of stuff as guys like Herms Meyer or anyone like that. So I'm more of a strategy person. Um, You know, valuing players and picks the right way is pretty hard, even if you're good at evaluating players one way or the other by film or metrics. And so that's where I've kind of found my niche, just knowing, knowing when to trade guys, knowing when to acquire them, and letting everybody else evaluate the talent for the most part. Nice. Hey, I think everybody just fits somewhere. So a lot of people like spending a lot of time grinding the film. A lot of people like grinding the numbers. A lot of people like you know the game theory behind 
the game and just uh, finding ways to exploit value. And it's interesting you say that, and I'm pretty sure that was quite strategic of you to say that because, uh, you know, last couple of weeks we've been diving into volume one of the 2019 Dynasty Command Center Rookie Guide, but tonight we're going to dive into some talk on rookie pick values, exactly what you were just saying, and how to how to exploit that, like how to how do they compare year over year? How do you add value in trades with them? And I'm sure we'll get to more than just that. But first, a quick word from our podcast partner, FFPC. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with uh, myffpc.com already. But if you're not, they uh, are the cure for off-seasonal affective disorder, as they uh, call it. Um, you can play year-round in FF- FFPC Dynasty Leagues. And uh, as we said before, they've got leagues for anybody. If, if you've got uh, a few dollars in your pocket or 5000 in your, in your pocket, they've, they've got a league for you. Uh, leagues range from $77 uh, and entry fee all the way up to, like I said, $5,000. And the, the way that they get orphan teams taken care of, like teams that are left by dynasty owners, they do a great job in kind of allowing you to recover and become competitive pretty quickly. They've got startup leagues coming in May. Uh, and just, of course, I mean, it's, it's the world's largest dynasty commissioner, essentially, like basically like a, a jumbo version of what Brian does already. And basically, they, they had $1 million in dynasty payouts in 2018 alone. And just to find out more, you can definitely go to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And one note, you need to remember this, write this down, do something, put it in your phone. I don't know what you do, but all new subscribers to Dynasty Command Center Slack also get a $30 league credit applicable to any Dynasty League fee there, $77 or higher. But on to tonight's topic and valuing and adding value with rookie picks. Is is there one takeaway I, I always like to just kind of focus in on one variable like one thing if, if we forget everything else you say Ryan <laughs> what should we remember when it comes to how you value rookie picks or perhaps just something that's a part of a key part of your strategy when it comes to trading with rookie picks so so my default approach is to trade for rookie picks one year out so trade for future picks draft players with them and then trade most of them away after their rookie season and so I actually wrote um, an article last offseason at Rotoviz. You can Google it because it's, it's free. Um, it's just dynasty rookies are free money. And talking about, you know, yes, the hit rate on rookies is actually lower than most people think. But when you take into account the fact that you can flip them after one season on average for a profit, so any production you get in year one is basically free. And that's the way I tend to deal with rookies. Nice. I, I know in a, another kind of extension of that, I guess, or just some kind of variation of that, I, I think Ryan McDowell called it the, the Brian Malone special, is where you just, uh, you know, if you don't like your late first this year, trade away your late first for, is it like a 20, like let's say you had a 2019 first, you trade away that for a 2020 first, is it plus a second or a third, or what, what do you generally try to aim for there? Basically whatever I can get, because figure if I'm trading away a 111 or a 112 in a 12-team league, the odds are very, very good that that's going to improve in value. And a random first, I think people think of a random first as being worth like 106 or 107. But actually, if you because the 101 is worth so much more, you know, a random first is actually worth the 103 or 104 in value if you think of it in the average of all the possibilities. So if I can move the the 112 or 111 for a pick that has any chance of missing the playoffs, 
you know, I don't want to give away too much, but I'd often do that straight up. Um, so anything I can, anything else I can get on top of that is gravy. That's awesome. Yeah. That, you know, you don't think of it that way because we're, it's really easy to just be super linear about it and think, oh, well, the one, one is uh, worth this. The one two is just 1.01 minus a little bit. And you know, this increments are the same going down the list, but it's really not. It's more of a parabolic, a parabolic uh, value drop off there. Cause I mean, the 101 is, I mean, last year it was Saquon freaking Barkley. And then if you compare that to the end of that, that round, you're looking at guys like maybe a carry on Johnson if, if, at best. And so comparing their values now is just insanity. So I definitely see that. I think a lot of people think a random first is 1.06107, but that's a great point. It's really probably somewhere just above there. So uh, that's, I love that strategy. I'm, I'm writing that down on my metaphorical uh, piece of paper right here, right here. I'm sure we'll talk about more strategies off air, the good stuff, but uh, no, I'm, I'm joking. We'll, we'll bring what we can. But if you were going to apply that to this class, I guess... If you let's just say you did have the 1.06 this year, so you essentially would be fine trading away in many cases that for just a random 2021st. So the 106, no, um, because just because you know time value of money, but yeah. so I think if I have the 106, I'm looking to move back to the 112 or 201 and pick up another first in the process. Uh, and I think, you know, this year, because of the hype around the 2020 class and the running backs in that class, it might be a tougher sell this year. But hopefully after the combine and maybe after the NFL draft, we'll see some of these wide receivers continue to, you know, build up steam and maybe one or two running backs as well. And then that's the kind of deal that you'll still be able to make. Yeah, I, I like that idea. And really in this class, if you can't pull something off, for the 2020 class because that's already super hyped. I mean, we could really just go down the list and and really name probably a half dozen running backs you'd want over maybe any running back besides David Montgomery in this rookie class. But maybe you, you had the 1.06, you can move back and add the 1.11 and a 2.02 in this class. It's perfect for that kind of class um, this year because I think there's a lot of wide receivers that I want to take a shot on, but I'm not super confident in. This is a really deep wide receiver class, and we'll get to more of that as we get closer to the NFL draft on this podcast. And you can find all of our rankings and tiers and everything and how deep this class is in the first DCC rookie guide uh, that just dropped a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, there's there's a bunch of guys I'd like to take a stab at the late first. You know, maybe it's a Marquise Hollywood-Brown or J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, somebody that falls in that range. Uh, having both of them versus maybe one of the upper echelon guys at the six, but you probably that's that's looking early on. It's looking like where you might miss the top tier guys, like uh, you know the most wanted wide receivers in this class, like Kelvin Harmon and uh, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and and Nikhil Harry. You might miss on all of them being in the middle of the first round this year. So I'd much rather do what you said, and even if you can't do twenty twenty trade back just slightly at a first or at a even just an early early second to get a couple of these guys and uh, have a better shot because realistically I don't know if you have like charts or tables that you you kind of use to value put a numeric value on your picks but I mean late first they're kind of like a, a coin flip I found is that is that kind of what you found as well or yeah in terms of ever ever giving you meaningful fantasy production yeah and I don't, yeah I you know I don't think I've done that work on my own but I know some you know sharp people like Jeff Miller has done it um, Jacob Rickroad yeah. has done it and yeah that's that's basically what it comes out to and the kind of deals you're talking about are actually the ones you know 
I've been learning from the DCC rookie guide as well. And, you know, those I'm trying to make those deals now before everybody catches up to the fact that, you know, there are a bunch of wide receivers that you're going to want to take a shot on, but it's going to be tough to sort through them. You know, maybe you're going to end up with the guys who end up in the, who get drafted into not so uh, attractive landing spots, but that's fine. That doesn't bother me very much. Yeah, because you're right. I think there are guys that even if they're drafted kind of high in a so-so spot, they still retain that value year over year, especially running backs as of late. I mean, you don't have to do much to to garner a lot of attention. I mean, you can even be injured the whole year like Darius Geis, and you still hold a ton of value. So I definitely like that that strategy for sure. Uh, one other thing that's going to happen a lot in this offseason is that you know we're going to have rookie drafts. We're going to have startup drafts and auctions. I, I remember last year, uh, people were asking me to join some leagues and wanted to start drafting in like January and February. And that's a little early. Maybe, maybe listeners, you're not drafting uh, just yet, but a lot of leagues are forming this time of year. People are trying to figure out, hey, maybe we should dive into Dynasty for the first time. Hey, maybe we should add our 57th Dynasty League this year, as uh, so, much, so many of us mistakenly do. But uh, how do you like what do you do as far as like startups uh and and how do you value picks in startups because i feel like it's kind of hard i mean maybe maybe i don't know if i want to dive into auctions and auction values but as far as like if you're just a normal kind of startup with with draft picks uh, are you looking to acquire picks in the trade are you looking to move off picks and compete immediately like uh, what do you do there yeah so I have never left a startup draft thinking, oh man, I didn't get enough rookie picks. Um, <laughs> you know, and I've had, so I think this came to me in, I want to say 2015. I did a draft and traded, traded around, picked up an, a couple extra picks. And, you know, this was one where the rookie picks were included in the draft. So I drafted pretty heavily on the picks. And the players I drafted were god awful. I mean, it was like, it was. <laughs> You know, Percy Harvin, right before he finally, like, had the injury to end all injuries for him. I mean, it was a, it was a very bad draft. And I took him in, the, I want to say, the second round. But oh, no. I also took a bunch of picks and traded most of them, you know, during the season and early, uh, just before the offseason. And walked away either first or second in that league that year. So, wow. startup drafts. You know, when you when you draft a rookie pick in a startup draft, especially in January, basically what you're doing is buying information. So you get to wait and learn, and you don't have to commit to using that pick in any particular way. Meanwhile, everybody else's players are going all over the place in free agency, getting hurt, you know, getting suspended for drugs or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, you're just sitting there steadily increasing value as the hype builds around the rookie class. So... I want to hammer picks. I don't care about my starting lineup in January. If I walk out of a startup with zero running backs, that is like literally zero running backs. I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> just hammer those picks, you know, and draft for stability and people who are likely to increase in value between now and August. That's that's a good point. I think a lot of people feel like, okay, I've got to fill up my starting lineup. I need this many running backs. I need this wider, this many wide receivers. And no matter what's upcoming next, I, you know, I, I got to fill this running back slot. So uh, I try to avoid that as much as I possibly can, too. And we'll probably get into more startup values later. But, you know, you mentioned the values kind of just always growing with these rookie picks. And that's really what's probably going to happen from now till the NFL draft. So this time of year in general, like specifically, what are you doing 
with your draft picks because it's it's that mode where people are starting to kind of maybe overvalue them and hold on to them. You know, they've already waited. You know, in most of my leagues, you have like two years out, you have your rookie picks. So they're, they can see it. It's it. There's not even any fantasy football matchups left in between when they get to, you know, now and when they get to make their picks. So how do you approach this time of year, January, February, the NFL combine? Do you wait or what do you do this time of year? Yeah, I'm not usually trying to acquire or trade away a bunch of picks right now, but what I'm doing is move, maneuvering around in the draft and trying to be a step ahead of folks on knowing where the, you know, where the tier breaks are expected to fall and getting a little extra value. So probably shortly after the Super Bowl, I'll, I'll tweet out a bunch of polls, or actually it's usually a, a Google Forms poll. 102 is equal to 106 plus 107 or 107 plus 108 and let everybody choose from that and then I'll and then I'll combine all those and tweet out a value chart to give people an idea of you know what you can expect so like last year and the year before the 101 was worth more than the 102 plus the 103 because you're looking at Barkley and Zeke um, yeah. so that's good and it changes year by year that's not going to be the case this year um, so it's no. good to know and it allows people to maneuver around the draft pretty well Nice. Well, I, I can't wait to check that out, actually. Uh, one of the things that I do uh, this time of year, and I'm in the middle of it, of, of doing so on Twitter right now as a, as a group of uh, polls myself on, on Twitter. And this year, I've kind of threaded them all together. So if you find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M, you can go to um, a bunch of my recent tweets and see you know, basically, you know, who's going at what picks. So I basically just ask, you know, if your rookie draft was today, who would be your first pick at 1.01? And Nikhil Harry actually took down the first pick. That poll had 2,091 votes on it. (laughs) So it's a pretty good sample size to to see where the market is right now. And it kind of goes down the line. You got DK Metcalf, you have David Montgomery, A.J. Brown, Kelvin Harmon. And then I feel like the first tier break is probably right there, uh, around pick five or so, and then after that, there's probably another group, uh, and we'll, we'll see how this goes in the in the polls. But it feels like there's another group uh, through maybe pick uh, eleven already. So there's maybe a, a group of five and a group of six, and you know at least right now there's a perceived break there. So I, I try to do the same thing, try to find those those tier breaks and see if I can take advantage of those those value gaps. You know, if I had the one twelve. I I feel like I value the 110 and 11 immensely more uh, so than I do the the 12 right now, and so that I use that type of information to uh, inform me this time of year as well. So hopefully uh, that helps you, listeners. Feel free to follow along with that that poll. I've been doing that for a few years. Uh, it's helped me out, and I do it again after the combine, and I do it again after the NFL draft, just to kind of regauge where the market is when there's an influx of crazy amounts of new information but uh that's that's what i do and that's a little bit of what brian does but uh one one thing you've probably heard me say before and you heard me say it again last week uh, and really when it comes to trading picks and simulating being an nfl general manager that's that's why we do what we do and so asking you the question have you ever wished you could be an nfl general manager uh, i probably already know the answer to that question well now, now you can thanks to reality sports online which is a, fan, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was created by former NFL front office personnel, 
and features a revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams and has tons of other cool features in addition to free agency, like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your general manager skills for free at realitysportsonline.com in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code DYNASTYCOMMAND, that's DYNASTYCOMMAND, which is super hard to remember considering what podcast we're listening to, to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Now, what would you say, Brian, uh, is some of, you know, a lot of the, a lot of questions I get this time of year, and you mentioned how rookies tend to maintain value year over year, but what would you say some of last year's rookies are worth, like when compared to, let's say, like this year and pick, uh, you know, how would you value a DJ Moore? Is he a, a guy that you would say is maybe a 1.02 or 1.03 value? Or, or maybe you have your favorite players that you, you kind of feel like you have a better feel on. Yeah, so I think DJ Moore is going to be valued as the 1.02 or 1.03. But I don't think, now, to be fair, I'm not as in-depth into this year's rookie class, but I suspect I'm not going to value him that high. So I'm going to be trading him away more often than acquiring him. But I do think he'll fetch, you know, the 103 pretty easily, which to me is, you know, he he met expectations for where we drafted him last offseason, but that's not much. I mean, he hasn't broken out. So my my approach to rookies most of the time is, you know, draft them. If they go completely gangbusters, keep them. And if not, trade them away because they're probably going to be overinflated in price. And I think, you know, DJ Moore at 102, 103 is overinflated in price. So I'm going to be trading him for picks or trading him for a veteran whom I like more. Yeah, for me, it would be interesting to see where DJ Moore slots in because as far as, I mean, if you like film, he checks most of the boxes there. If you like uh, production metrics, he checks all the boxes there. His final season dominator rating was just off the charts, I think around almost 50%. Uh, dominator rating if you're not familiar with that in, in short it's a percentage of you know team receptions and touchdowns that that player provides you uh, within their offense uh, to kind of offset the scale of an offense you know high flying versus a low volume offense but uh, DJ Moore I loved him as a prospect um, because you know he just was a very balanced player but he didn't do a ton year one especially after the first few weeks of the season but uh, I think the hype of this class for 2019 is going to be interesting to gauge because I think when you look at the very top, there's probably four or five guys that uh, a lot of people are really on. Uh, you know, maybe uh, the, the back end of that tier ending with Hakeem Butler uh, for Iowa State, and then all the other guys I mentioned earlier, like A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, um, Kelvin Harmon, and uh, Nikhil Harry. But, you know, Hakeem Butler might be somebody who – Say he goes around the 1.05, he's another, you know, crazy final season dominator guy. He had like 45% dominator rating or something his final year. Uh, completely different player. He's like six foot six, 225. DJ Moore's like six foot 210. But um, I could definitely see them garnering similar, similar value. So he could easily sneak into similar value with that top tier in 101 through 105. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I feel like he and 
Calvin Ridley, maybe Christian Kirk because of the hype of Cliff King, you know, Kingsbury being in, in Arizona. Maybe that hypes him up into that conversation. Speaking of which, are you high on the Arizona offense coming off this putrid year uh, at all with, with the new offensive situation? I'm higher than, you know, their 2018 numbers would lead yeah. one to be. Uh, but that's not yeah. saying much. Yeah, so I mean, I do expect Rosen to take a big step forward just because most quarterbacks do in their second season. You know, I'm not, you know, he's probably not an all-pro, but he's going to do something. I think I'm not I'm not too high on Kirk just because he had, I mean, one of his big pluses was that he stepped into quite a bit of opportunity, and that was true. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald was, you know, is continuing to decline. Kirk had had every opportunity in the world and again you know he, he was solid he was uh he was solid but he's not enough for me to get too excited about and david johnson scares me at this point yeah. he's getting you know he's getting older he's giving you really rb2 production on a per game basis um so that's troubling so no i'm not i'm not going out of my way to acquire guys from arizona despite the coaching change yeah, it's, it's a weird spot for me because I, I do believe that he could be some kind of volume option. He had like 40-something catches for, I don't know, 600 yards and a few touches uh, to, and touchdowns this year. Uh, and if they see any increase in volume, and let's say you know Larry Fitzgerald is, is uh, not seeing the volume, obviously, <laughs> um, uh, and David Johnson doesn't see much more volume in terms of receptions, I feel like he could kind of be a serviceable option that you plug and play as a flex pretty quickly. Uh, and I really do, I respect what Kingsbury was able to do with Texas Tech uh, with Alan Bowman at the helm and a really a, a brand new set of wide receivers at Texas Tech this past season uh, to make that offense as high-flying as it was. There's, there's a reason why everyone's so hyped up because what he's done uh, with completely new situations, with, with situations that shouldn't have worked at the college level, uh, that are hopeful that'll apply to the NFL game. So he's kind of like running that fringe. Like, I don't know if I should buy or sell because I don't know what his ceiling is, uh, but I also feel like he's pretty safe. So it, it, I, I don't know if I'm really buying or selling myself, but I, I'm believing enough to kind of put him in that tier near, you know, the, the Calvin Ridley's and DJ Moore's of, the, of this year, which would probably maybe have him on the outside looking in uh, as far as like mid-first range. Uh, I don't think a lot of people are doing that. Uh, type of price but as far as running backs um, this class doesn't look like it's going to be as strong at the running back position it scares me a little bit uh, you know there's David Montgomery and then there's a whole lot of question marks in my mind but uh, so I mean it, guys that have kind of already hit I mean we don't even need to discuss Saquon Barkley he's like the most valuable asset in Dynasty but I mean guys like Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle are, you know, that have hit and look like they're the real deal and the starter for their offense. Are you valuing them like similar to the 1.01 range in this class? If you, you know, let's say you need running backs. No, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be acquiring any Nick Chubb or probably any Sony Michelle this off season. I'm much more likely to go out and get guys who is, you know, at least his price hasn't gone up. Um, Chubb, I think, has he has ex exceeded my expectations? Um, he pushed Hyde out, and he he performed with his opportunity. Michelle, you know, is is a capable runner. Caught I don't know, less than ten passes this season, and you know, and that offense remains high powered. 
exactly as long as Brady is there. And after that, it's a complete question mark for me. So whereas the Browns, you know, you've, you've got a young quarterback, you've got a rising offense, you've got plenty of weapons around him. You know, Chubb's going to get his touchdowns. So, yeah. you know, if I, had to, if I had to pay for one of those guys, you're going to overpay for Chubb. He's a second-round startup pick. He's going ahead of wide receivers like Diggs, which just makes me cringe. But, you know, if I had to go pay for one of those guys, it would be him. But I'm much more likely to go after Geis or just completely, you know, take waiver wire guys and cheap, cheap players and then hang around and, and build some 2020 draft capital. Yeah. For sure, which makes sense. I, I personally believe in Chubb, but yeah, that, that price is getting kind of crazy. I'd much rather target, like you said, a Darius Geis or even a, a carry-on Johnson who missed time but on a per-game pace was still already a running back two for you in many in many ways. And, uh, you know, let's say he has uh, more carries with no, you know, LeGarrette Blunt there and, and theoretic not really. I mean, he's he's he is what he is. But what do you do? Last question before we kind of wrap it up here. But what do you do when you know with with rookie values when you see somebody like Rashad Penny or Royce Freeman just kind of tank it? Like, how do you get value out of them, or or do you pursue those type of players with rookie picks, or what do you do there? If they're completely tanking, going from you know mid first round rookie picks to late second to early third round picks, then yeah, I'll probably try to pick up one or two copies of those guys in, across, you know, a dozen leagues that I'm in just because. Yeah. So what I found is draft capital after, you know, a good or even middling season, and especially after two seasons, draft capital doesn't matter much to me. I, I'm yeah. quick to disregard it. After a really bad season, I'm a little more likely to hang on for a guy who's, you know, Rashad Penny's been drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. That still means something to me. So if people are just throwing him out, then, yeah, I'm going to be picking up a few copies. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Well, cool. I, I, Brian, I appreciate you coming on tonight and sharing all of, uh, you know, how you kind of approach him. This is probably not all of it, but it's what we can fit in this, this show and how you value rookie picks, add value there, and, and uh, class over class, what that looks like. And I feel like that should be really helpful. And, again, we're just scratching the surface, uh, listeners, if you're just joining us for the first time. It's just three episodes in. We've got, so far, we've had Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell, TJ Calkins, Brian Malone here with us on this show. We're going to, you know, have more great guests upcoming. Uh, and again, we're still going to, we're going to get into more rookie guide stuff too. We're kind of scratching the surface there as well. And you can still pick up your copy of that rookie guide at dynastycommandcenter.com. Just $19.99 gives you all three volumes that we'll write this season. That's the pre-combine one that came out a couple weeks ago post-combine, and, and post-NFL draft. So check that out again this week, and we'll see you again soon for the next episode of the Dynasty Command Center podcast.